G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Over the next few programs, we are going to focus on future work. Last program, we looked at regional jobs from the point of view of a Senate investigation into possible options for job creation in the regional areas of Australia. Today, we are going to look at workers doing it for themselves in the form of workers' cooperatives. First up, we talk to Dave Kerrin, a founding member of the workers' cooperative Earthworker, based in the Latrobe Valley in Victoria. Yeah, so um, around about 24 years ago now, uh, uh, a mob of us kicked Earthworker off and um, we'd all, most of us, had uh, come out of um, you know, many years of, of, of activism in, in a range of different unions. And, uh, you know, we'd come through things like the, the Green Bands in the 70s and um, deregistration of unions and... Um, myself and a couple of others who found that Earthworker were involved in deregistration in 1974 when the union was uh, outlawed and then the big one in 86 when we were outlawed. So we sort of, uh, we saw the best and the worst of, um, you know, uh, in, in the history of the, sort of, I suppose, the modern history of, of, of Australian unionism. And we drew a number of lessons out of, um, out of all of the, out of all of those experiences, the positive and the negative. So the Green Bands, obviously, that was about workers um, uh, taking the, the taking hold of the democratic right to determine how our labour was used and uh, whether it was used, um, not just the cost of it uh, but, uh, or the conditions that surrounded it, but um, what our labour was used for and what the wealth we created was used for. So that... That principle was part of the, the DNA of, of Earthworker when it was established. And there were campaigns by unions like for protective clothing. Um, uh, the Bluey Company in Tasmania was nearly broke when Builders Labor's Federation um, uh, fought a national campaign for protective clothing. Uh, and as a result of our campaign, the unintended consequence, the Bluey Company became a multinational, which we no longer own. So, you know... Um, Again, lessons in that, the lesson we learned there was that we can actually use our social weight as workers to cause the economy to do things that it otherwise wouldn't do. So it was another seed sort of planted in our minds. Um, then there were the deregistrations and the importance of not being isolated so that the state and the employers can, can attack you and surrounding yourself in the folds of our social movement, you know, that deep democracy of the social movements, um, how important that is. Well... How do, you, how do you do that in a meaningful way? Well, of course, you connect it to, to work and, importantly, to ownership. So starting to take up finally that question of not just fighting for a bigger share of this economic system, but um, looking at putting in place a, a, a better one and, and at least beginning to establish the models um, that would provide us with a, a, a you know, a, a, a glimpse of what a future Australia could look like. So we, you know, that resulted in the development of um, a, a movement, uh, a union-based movement to develop workers' cooperatives and, and, and mutuals um, as a social sector of the Australian economy and uh, and, and mobilising, uh, 
having the debate about mobilising socialised capital in the form of our superannuated wage in behind that social sector of the economy. So that, in the broad, is what Earthworker is about. The means by which we try to achieve that, things like through the Enterprise Bargaining Agreement where workers... um, so the Maritime Union now, which has adopted Earthworker as a policy nationally, uh, means that uh, over time now, maritime workers will be able to choose the goods, the green goods, the solar hot water and battery storage, etc., that uh, that our factories create um, instead of cash. So that deals with climate. It's better than money in your kick to have no bills. Um, it creates the new climate jobs in our not-for-profit co-ops. So oh, that's a really interesting thing. So, so what you're saying is that uh, you haven't just – to begin with, you had to uh, build the idea then, and you had to get agreement, and then you went into the mainstream world and you had to have uh, an ability to actually uh, create, manufacture the green products so how did you go about getting that cash to do that? What what, what did you do? So basically, uh, it's a problem we're still working on. We're still resolving. Yeah. Um, uh, but what we've done so far is, uh, we, you know, people have um, uh, individual members and, and families that make up the, the earth worker uh, ecosystem have, have, have thrown in their hard earn. And uh, that that's how we've done it so far. So... What we want to do, of course, is reach the stage where our work covers all of the costs. And, uh, so you've got time. a factory down in Latrobe Valley and you mm-hmm. have been uh, creating uh, connections with the community down there, I know that, as well as with mm-hmm. government and, as you said, now with unions. So the MUA members will be able to buy products and so what you're doing is growing your customer base. That's That's exactly right and... What recently, in recent months, what we've done is we've worked with the construction, the four construction unions, to get a uh, a powering Melbourne cooperative steering committee established to look at you know greening um, greening Victoria, um, drilling down and asking all the hard questions. So we've got the four unions, we've got state government, we've got City of Melbourne involved, we've got Friends of the Earth, three fifty dot org. You know that. The, 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 we've got the people in the room you need to have in the room if we're going to answer the questions that arise when you start looking at a at a, uh, a sustainable economy. And um, that's going really well. We're doing monthly interim reports. The final report will be May, and we want to be in a position after May to get um, our business plans done and start work on, on you know the rollout of things like um, 1.4 megawatt battery storage systems that we've won the right to make here in Australia. To get jobs going in auditing and retrofitting existing structures, and importantly, to get jobs started in seven-star rated housing for unionists and their families, and, and others as well. So we want to, we want to, uh, second half of next year, we want to be in a position where we're starting to get those jobs actually moving. Uh, so that's a, that's getting exciting. You know, that's when you start to see a social sector that where, where the profit is the job and where the wealth you create is shared and, and owned by the community and, and, and all of that to deal with the climate emergency, well, that's a very hopeful vision. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's regionally based. Yes, yes. It's important, we reckon, to 
to make sure that the manufacturing component of the um, in the climate crisis is as as far as is possible is in is in the carbon dependent areas. So where the transition is, is hitting the hardest, to make sure that we put you know the new jobs in place so that there is a place for people. Um, we don't have the Hazelwood thing happen again. And uh, Maritime Union have been doing some wonderful work with the Gippsland Trades and Labor Council, the AMW and the Electrical Trades Union. They've just issued a report on putting the justice back in the just transition. And um, Earthwork has been um, in and around the development of that document as well. And that really does outline on a large scale uh, what a just transition can begin to look like. So... There are some very good things happening at the moment and some wonderful things coming out of our unions and our social movements. So Earthworker, we're determined to bring all those things together, to unite the social movements in, in, in that common effort around the, the, the climate crisis. So, so you've been doing having meetings in regional areas, haven't you? We have for many years uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, they are ongoing. Um, Trades Hall in Victoria is, is you know, um, fostering some amazing work down the Latrobe Valley as well uh, with, you know, door knocking and, and public meetings. and So there is a hell of a lot going on and, and, and a lot of the time um, people aren't hearing about it. So again, what we want to do, like I was up around um, uh, Dalesford in Castle Maine two weeks ago now uh, talking to cooperators up there. Um, there's a wonderful... Uh, initiative being taken with a goat hand cooperative where they raise the goats from kids with, with the human families and then the humans and the goats, they get into the gullies and, 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 uh, and, and all of the uh, foreign weeds and they just they, they, they eradicate it and get rid of the fire risks. So we want to take that, we want to help that cooperative um, spring up in places like um, Gippsland and Latrobe Valley and those fire prone areas, you know. Murrindindi around King Lake and all those fire prone areas. So, you know, people are really, they really are coming up with some incredibly creative and jobs focused ways to deal with the emergency. And the important thing now, as I said, to repeat, it, it's to bring all those efforts together and increase our impact. Tell me about what a cooperative is. So, a cooperative is a, 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 a jointly owned, um, worker owned, uh, uh, workplace, and uh, it's one person, one vote. Um, everybody who works there um, uh, has the right to be a worker owner. People are educated in all aspects of, of the workplace, so all the different roles and functions over time. Cooperatives uh, have available to them uh, a capacity to cooperate with other cooperatives and mutuals. So that's, that's a founding principle of cooperativism. Cooperatives should cooperate. <laughs> um, yeah, it takes care of the, the, uh, the democracy question because the co-ops are, are autonomous. The, the, you know, the people who, make, who do the work are the ones who make the decisions. So it's a really it's a, it's a, it's a, an economic democracy. And we think that if uh, we are to survive um, the climate crisis, uh, you know, with a, with a new civilization, then it'll be based on a strong social sector of, of the economy here and, and indeed globally. Well, look, there's a lot of unemployment, and so what you're really saying is that people can actually band together 
and with a good idea, a job idea, and actually uh, support each other. And I know that there's uh, there's a cleaning company in Melbourne that's run as a cooperative, for example, and everybody's an owner, uh, and they've created uh, quite, you know, they support themselves. Effectively, that's, that's that's right, and and that's one of our one of our uh, brilliant earthworker co-ops, and and uh, it's the Red Gum Cleaning Co-op, uh, and yeah, they can't keep up with the work. They've just recently put on more worker owners, um, you know. So people come in, they 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 spend some months working away to see whether this is really what is this right for them, and and uh, and then they begin the process of of uh, becoming a worker owner. And um, as I say, they can't keep up with the work. So people people are wanting this. You know, this this is the answer to not not you know just it, it's the answer to how we deal with the climate emergency, not just the fact that we we have to get all sectors within the Australian and global community to to start to deal with the emergency. But but importantly, if at the heart of all of those struggles to deal with the emergency, we don't have a, a good strong economic democracy then what we're asking of capitalism is something that it's simply not capable of giving. And uh, because governments have been locked into neoliberal capitalism for so long, it's something that governments don't want to do either. That is, they don't want to employ and they don't want to own. Now, social sector of the economy, we, we'll own, <laughs> we'll employ. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take those, those tasks off government and off the private sector too if they can't perform in everybody's interests. Yeah, this is the means and the end. So it's a it's a legal entity that you become. Indeed, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a cooperative legislation and um, national legislation in Australia. It's pretty decent legislation. Um, and you know, it, this as I say, the, the 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 thing about this is, you would have seen it too. Like people, because governments haven't led on the climate emergency, Australians have just got up and done it. They put photovoltaics on the roof. They put batteries in there, they're taking it away. Now, you're seeing the same thing with co-ops. So, you know, um, because at the end of the day, there's a simple formula for capitalism. It's this. The cheaper that power becomes because the renewables come online, the harder it is for capitalism to invest. Because they invest a dollar today, they know they're only going to get 50 cents tomorrow. Yeah. Now that's that's something they can't do. They're not. It's not in the DNA. It's silly of us to expect them to do it. That's something that one time the state used to do for, on all our behalf. But they're not doing it either. So, social sector doesn't have that that in, impost on us. You know, we have a different set of values. So we value different things and we value them differently. So for us, um, the issue is not if we invest a dollar, do we only get fifty cents back? For us, is does the investment satisfy a need? Mm. That's a very, very different thing. Yeah, no, that's a very different thing. Now, the next thing, of course, is that everyone would say, but is it uh, going to be self-perpetuating? Will you be able to earn a living? You know, do, can you put food on the table? Yeah, well, well, that's right. And, and yes, we can because, you know, the, the, the surplus, any surplus we create is distributed through a cooperative Um Five percent of everything we make goes to the community sector, so we've already put solar hot water, even though we're not fully on our feet yet, in, in systems into, um, you know, Father Bob Maguire homes. We've worked with Victorian Aboriginal housing to put solar hot water systems in there. Um, you 
know, this is the sort of thing, again, that a social sector can do because we value that. We place a value on that. So, you know, the development of this new economics, um, as I say, for us, it's, it's, it's modelling. We're, we're putting the models in place that can be scaled out um, rapidly uh, as, as we need to. Getting the models in place, fixing the problems, because we, we're only just beginning to learn um, all the problems that exist when you want to have a democratic economics. And, and you know, it's important. There's only one way to learn, you know, the answers to those, those, those questions that, that arise, and that's to do it. Mm. You become what you do, you know. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, um, you were saying that uh, Earthworker is actually auspicing uh, other cooperatives, uh, um, yeah. ventures. So Earthworker is a cooperative of cooperatives. Right. Basically. And the role of all of us in Earthworker is to assist the workers' co-ops to get to their feet. Yeah. So that's that's what we've been doing for a while now, and slowly, slowly, you know, we uh, we, we we get this we get this in place. So we're asking everybody to become earth workers because their membership fees and their involvement means that we can um, we can make sure that all the organisers in Earthworker uh, can put bread on the table that they can eat. Because so far everything we've made we've thrown at the workers' co-ops. Um, so that's not sustainable. We need we need membership, just like a union does. And through those membership fees, um, organisers can survive, and that then becomes sustainable. So, um, yeah, right. Now, now you're, this is homegrown here, but the cooperatives have got a long history, don't they? They do. Def- definitely they do. And if you look at places around the world, like one that springs to mind powerfully is the Mondragon cooperatives in um, the Basque countries near Spain. And, uh, uh, you know, there's around about 120 co-ops. Um, and uh, they've been going since 1951. So... Uh, $20 billion worth of assets cooperatively owned. Um, you know, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, this, this can be done. We, we, we can do this. Um, so we, we've just got to get the good news out that this option's available and, and encourage people to get in and let's put all our shoulders to the wheel. What well, one of the other examples of these successful cooperatives were things like uh, an English uh, ship building area. That's a very interesting uh, development because assets being let to go uh, where the uh, community has decided they won't allow it to go. They take it mm. back into their own hands. That's a very interesting response. It is, isn't it? And, and you know, we've seen that in different parts of the world uh, where basically, uh, you know, you mentioned that where, where you've got closure or the threat of closure and, um, and the workers make the uh, you know, take the option of, of cooperativising the workplace. Um, we've just seen that in aged care in South Australia, where uh, one of the governments uh, wanted to get rid of aged care and, uh, can, you know, that responsibility. And the workers um, said, well, we're not going anywhere. And they, they set up a cooperative, and that's now been running very successfully for quite some time. Well, it's funny you should say that. Um, Tewton, I was talking to a woman from Tewton. She was saying that uh, the council wanted to close their pool and there was a big uh, up uproar, the community uproar. They now own their own pool. The council yeah. no longer has anything to do with it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, we've seen go, going back many, many years um, in Australia where 
as neoliberalism sort of stripped aside the communities in the regional areas, those little towns, and we saw, you know, general stores closing and that sort of thing. And very, very often people just said, right, that's it. And they pulled their resources and they, 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 they took over those places. So I reckon when you look at the climate emergency and species extinction, the level of engagement we need sort of um, almost demands that type of economic democracy because if we don't have that, like no one paints the house they're renting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's right. Why you would know, you? If we, yeah, why would you, you know? So at the minute the community owns and the community controls, well, you get that level of engagement in a way that you can't get with a transaction-based corporation. You're listening to Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News and Social Justice Issues. We've been chatting with Dave Kerrin about why and how he works to bring more people into the worker-controlled model of workers' cooperatives. Now we have a word with Pete. Peter is one of the people who has created his own job through Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative. Let's hear what he has to say. Uh, Red Gum Cleaning Co-op is a worker-owned, worker-controlled cleaners co-op that we, it's all chemical-free and we use nuclear addition, vinegar and all natural products. With our surplus, we give activist groups and First Nations people this priority to some of our surplus and then we get, everyone gets their own surplus as well instead of the boss getting the surplus and sitting in their ivory tower. So the workers get their surplus, and um, we clean homes around Coburg and the West, and we're we're doing the um, Australian Services Union office building on four days a week and in the afternoons um, because we're still growing. We at first it was two of us, now it's ten, and um, when we need people, we just have to take them on because. Um, We've got a you know, clientele is getting bigger. <laughs> oh, so it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did it come about? Well, I was, I've been unemployed for a while, like on and off with um, casual work and stuff, and doing that. And it's been in the shits. And <laughs> sorry, there's this thing that said meeting and um, how to start a co-op at Earthworker meeting. I thought, oh, cool, I'll go to that, see what happens, and then. I had ideas in my head, all these different stuff, and then, and so we did little, had a little group um, of people that wanted to do a cleaning co-op, but a lot of people dropped off, and it was just me and Ali. After after um, I was, yeah, actually she rang me up like four months after that, saying, "Oh, Peter, you want to still get this co-op together?" Oh, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> and then yeah, we started from there, and then now it's. Like we've got a person who's, Ella, she was, she's a teacher, but she's a, uh, right into the financial stuff. She's got us a really good accountant. Yeah, so we've got like links there too, and Earthworkers helped a lot as well. Monitored us, yeah. Do you have to do a lot of stuff to become a co-op? You know, paperwork, <laughs> that sort of stuff? A lot of the bookings and the, the roster, a lot of meetings. We have a lot of meetings we haven't. A meeting every two weeks that we sort out. At first, we talk about them, you know, just our own personal stuff, what's going on with work, and how you're feeling, and then we have rosters, you know, inquiries, complaints, 
There's a lot of things to do. <laughs> we're still working on it. Like we're still getting there, but gradually we did it all ourselves. So it's not like we did any course to um, become this way. <laughs> did do you uh, have an admin person, or does someone within the group decide that that's their role in the um, business? Um, we decided we'll share the roles because that's just you know that's good for a co-op, that's an equal democracy sort of thing, democratic. And then like somebody will do it for three months or six months, then they'll change, and they'll get trained up, and then they'll, they'll do it. The business has got a phone line, and I know you've got a website presence, that sort of thing. Yeah, we've got a website. Redguncleaning.org. <laughs> Or something, yeah, dot com. How long so, has it been running for? If you want to look at it, the business way, like officially in the, with the ABM, it's been a year, just over a year. Yeah, but it's been two years without an ABM, if you know what I mean. Like, so we didn't earn as much as, we didn't have to report our earnings and stuff. Yeah, we've become successful, we're still... Do you recommend it? Yeah, yeah. Your wages are good? Yeah, and we're unionised. Yeah. And um, we're unionised co-op. And you can also choose who you're going to work for too. Yeah, we've had like a few problems with um, past um, clients and we just said we're not going to do their house because they're being aggressive or something. Yeah. So you can make up your own mind. Yeah, and you can make up your own mind who you want to work for and what day you want to work for. You can say on the roster, I can't work, you know... Monday, Tuesday, so, yeah. Yeah, so you can sort it out rather than have it be pushed around. Yeah, yeah, rather than saying, you have to go to work now. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's good. It feels uh, better in terms of uh, your relationship with your work. Yeah, even relationship with the people there, you know, we can, sort of like friends, but we have our little... um, uh, Retreat every year and stuff. We get together and last year was a big. It was a retreat and we had three days and like two days of um, planning mm. and one one day of leisure. But this year we're going to make it a bit more different. <laughs> it was two for one. Mm. Yeah, it's good. More control and better pay. Yeah. That's it for Stick Together this week. Thanks to Dave Kerrin from Earthworker and Pete from Red Gum Cleaning Cooperative for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. It is made possible through the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation and we come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. And until next time, stick together. Stick together.